Blog Talk Radio. Three days, 
And um, I started playing these, and within about a year, everybody knew who Basie was, who Stan Kenton was, Ella Ellington, Louis Prima, Benny Goodman, Glenn Miller. All the 78s that my brother left me became part of the uh, local uh, so color in the neighborhood. <clears throat> While my friends were playing baseball, I was cranking this RCA Victrola and pumping out the music for the neighborhood. And so that was my intro to um, America's greatest contribution to culture, which is uh, jazz and still is today. Unfortunately, young people aren't exposed to it, but um, the people of our age bracket, you know, Tommy, myself, you, and the rest of the people with some taste, uh, still frequent clubs, which aren't many anymore. Um, one well, of the premier clubs in the old days about- was... Because we're able to bring back one of the greats. And speaking of 78s, it was you who mentioned to me years ago that when you were going through the 78s, you found one artist, you know, that your brother bought that that was completely unknown to you and to the general public at first, and that was um, Mr. Tommy Dakota. Why don't you tell Uh, us about how you found that particular song? And how it became a favorite of yours, and, and you know how in later times you guys crossed so many times because you yourself had aspirations of singing, right, Bobby? Well, yeah, I was uh, at one point. You know, I had a little problem with alcohol, and I always wanted to take singing lessons. Tommy Dakota was always out there, and I'd be watching him perform. And unfortunately, he comes from an ethnic background, which has produced brilliant singers the Italian people. Uh, I'm from a German-Russian background, so we're very good at marching. While the Italian peoples are doing arias, we're doing uh, breaking into borders. So I had a problem well, with that. Tommy's on the line. I don't... <laughs> you're breaking into borders. Uh, Tommy's on the I'm line. Here. And I'm he's... here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, okay, I got sorry. a couple of questions. Number one, are we talking about are we talking about Lynn, Massachusetts? Tommy, yeah, we're talking about good old Lynn, Massachusetts. There were some great clubs there at one time. Yeah, yeah, but the tide was always out in Lynn, Massachusetts. The tide never came in. It was always, you could smell that bottom of the ocean, which was, you know, very organic, but it smelled really bad. Ah, it's still like that along certain parts of the coast, my friend. (laughs) You know, know, it's funny that it's become part of the the, the city's heritage, you know, that that I did a thing for Chronicle recently, and it was, you know, the TV thing, trying to promote it, and I still have an affection for Lynn, you know, the... In fact, I always say this, Tommy, on stage, when people fly out of Logan, you owe it to Lynn because the first jet engine in the United States, 1942, was produced at General Electric, where where GE was founded, 1896. So I always give it up in that respect. But, you you know, Tommy... uh, yeah, yeah, it was always a pleasure to hear you, my friend. On the, first, uh, the first catcher's glove, the first uh, female pilot. Yep, and, and the first leather boots, Abraham Lincoln, and uh, and it was the first crack house in Massachusetts in 1984. Uh, that's I was there with for. the mayor to uh, cut the ribbon. And uh, Tommy, were you around in those days for the, for the crack house thing? Or were you? Was, uh, that, was I around? I thought. I thought that was one of the uh, the top tourist attractions in in Lynn was the uh, the first crack house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking to the Chamber of Commerce there. They were uh, trying to do a, a build a whole festival around crack. Uh, this... But it wasn't cracked up, but it was up to... Oh, shut yeah, me yeah, up. Yeah. It's always good to hear from you, too. You're the only one who has a voice that sounds worse than mine. 
<laughs> you know, my friend, a friend of mine, remember him, Tommy Warren McDonald? Oh, One oh, day yeah. we were in a restaurant, there was a beautiful lady there, and I was ex, uh, expressing my appreciation for her beauty. And, uh, my friend, I was whispering to Warren, and he said, she heard me. And Warren said, where did you learn to whisper in a sawmill? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, I remember, I remember playing in, in, in some of those clubs, because I did play a little jazz myself, and, uh, I had one of the most unusual instruments, or I had a couple of them, actually. I, uh, I did jazz didgeridoo as well as uh, jazz slide whistle. <laughs> Very rare. Well, those are big things at the Newport Jazz Festival. Yeah, yeah, well, I never quite made it there as well as I should have. I think I was just way ahead of my time. Well, I remember <laughs> the, uh, they actually had tent for the uh, for those instruments. Uh, the, or there was the, it was their own little uh, <clears throat> venue. So uh, that's amazing that you guys were were aware of that. Uh, I I went to the festival one time and was just shocked that they did have tents for those particular instruments. Why don't you repeat those for the uh, for the audience today? Yeah, the instruments. Yeah. Oh, the did you do? was the jazz. Yeah, it was the Jazz Pavilion. I played a uh, jazz didgeridoo. I've got one right here. Uh, if you'd like me to play a quick song, I could uh, certainly do that. You've got a didgeridoo right now? Oh, my God. It never caught on. <laughs> just, just, you know, it just didn't make it. It didn't lend itself to, uh, uh, you know, a couple of jazz greats. You know, it just it just didn't do it. Uh, I don't think that was I don't know why. Good. I thought it. I thought it sounded great myself, but, uh, you know, well, some people's it, minds you know, just... You can't, you can't tease us like that, Tommy. You've got to play a few more chords, a few more lines, a few more melody. Go ahead. Uh, well, did you redo? Yeah. Okay, I like to uh, play a Thou Swell, one of the uh, great uh, jazz tunes uh, on the did you redo. It sounds a little different. Pardon me, that wasn't me. I was just getting some gas from me. <laughs> I, I haven't played this in years, of course. It's just uh, I happen to have it. Uh, I keep it uh, uh, next to me at all times in case oh. <laughs> needs to uh, listen to uh, that swell. Uh, I do the slide whistle, I guess, as well. I can uh, I can play uh, Deutschland, Deutschland, Uberalis jazz style on almost any instrument. Although Sounds good to me. Day. I'm going to stop marching. I, okay. I do, but, Go ahead, I don't do hold that for me. We want it all. You want the slide whistle as well? Yeah, please. Well, I could do that, I guess, if I... Uh, no, why not? I mean, you know, because the public's been waiting a long time, Tommy. I mean, and it's, you know, <laughs> we have a German on the line, and he, I can tell he's, you know, this is... He's, he's, he's in step with the motherland right now, so go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me just get it tuned up here a little bit. We'll tune up. I'm chewed up. I'm ready. Any requests? <laughs> I can play, I was say play far away, but there ain't that much distance. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I can do. Uh, I can do most military marches, uh, anchors away. The usual kind of big jazz tunes. Certainly uh, during the forties, we uh, we played uh, very long versions of uh, anchors away, and uh, most of the. How uh, about a little anchors away? Okay. Uh, Oh, 
little flat, but so am I. It's been like 35 years, so that's enough of that. How about take the A train, because it's leaving in about uh, two minutes from North Station. Hey, I worked this place in uh, Brighton, Massachusetts years ago. Uh, they had a, on one night a week, they had a jazz night. They had a 17-piece jazz orchestra. Oh, man. These oh, were all that's... mostly teachers from, from the music schools in and around the Boston area. But yeah. at night, at night the, final, the, the final set, final song for the night, was like a 25-minute version of Take the A-Train. It was really spectacular. Oh, oh, that sounds fantastic. You know, I was at a – there's still – can I say – can I interject something? Sure. No, I, I, I yeah. wouldn't hold you back. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, there's still, for both of you guys, if you're still interested in hearing some darn good music, there's a jazz club run by a guy named Jocko up in Methuen, and it's called the Sahara Jazz Club. I don't know if either one of you have heard of it, yeah. but it's called the Sahara. Every Tuesday night, they bring in a lot of people from Berkeley, uh, you know, all of the, the New England Conservatory. And uh, uh, recently uh, I went there to hear a, a brilliant singer, a guy named Steve Marvin. And Steve Marvin used to sing with Adi Basamian, but Adi's gone now. They, he's singing with the uh, 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 Hal McIntyre group, uh, which used to be a part of the Glenn Miller group. And uh, Steve Marvin keeps the, uh, the, the, the memory of Sinatra going. He does not imitate... Sinatra, but he sings the Sinatra, Cole Porter, Gershwin songbook. So if anybody's ever interested in uh, Sahara and Methuen, uh, it's a Tuesday night. It's great. The, the admission is ridiculously low. You know what I'm saying? I've got uh, that's a, right I've up your very, rally, Bobby. Uh, I've but, got a very, very rare recording of uh, Ishka Bibble singing Cole Porter. It's very valuable. Ah. I wish it's on a 78. It is on a 78 as well. And, of course, one of my favorite uh, musicians and singers, certainly, Ishka Bibble. And uh, <laughs> Ish, Ish only made this one record. I don't know why. He just only made this one. And that was, uh, you know, singing Cole Porter, uh, who he, I think, uh, went out with for a few years. But I'm not sure. Oh, my God. As soon as you said Ishka Bibble, I can see the haircut. Remember the haircut he <laughs> that's had? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, you and my. I are the only ones to do who the hell Ishka Bibble is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wasn't he with Kay Kaiser? Kay Kaiser in the College of Musical Knowledge. In the College of... Oh, my God. Hey, Tommy Ace, why don't you just hang up and let me and my man talk for a while, you know? <laughs> I was waiting I was waiting for this minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What memories there? Ishka Bibble, my God in oh, heaven. Yeah, I forgot about him. Funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did they make it to TV or was that strictly on the radio? Now, uh, the, the album that he made, or the 78 album? No, did they transition himself? the Kay Kaiser Music Hour? Did it go on no. TV, or did it stay on radio? I don't, I don't think so. I think most of the time I saw him, it was on uh, in all movies. You know, he did a lot of movies that did bad. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I don't recall seeing them on, on early TV. They might have been, but uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, of course, my friend. My memory doesn't go back all that the, uh, All of the well, listeners who are in the... Um, Senior centers right now are just going, <laughs> going off uh, big time. Um, so you can, thank hey, you guys. I talked to uh, someone you, the you other probably day. Saved, you probably saved a life this this morning. You know, somebody was ready to nod off. Now that you brought showing, these memories back, they're sitting erect, listening, and waiting for some more slide whistle. Oh <laughs> yeah, and some soft food because it's almost lunchtime for them. It's ten fifteen. I I had I was showing a, I had a neighbor, young kids, like 35 years old, and uh, 
I had the entire Rat Pack up on the wall. In the uh. And they said, who are they? I said, you don't know any of those people? No. He said, you don't know Frank Sinatra? Oh, yeah. Is that Frank? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the rest of them, nothing. Well, that's so, can I follow you on... Can I follow that one? Have I got a minute to sure. follow you on that? Sure, sure. go ahead. Go okay, ahead, Bobby. I was with the uh, a Kenton, Stan Kenton alumni band Stan run Kenton. by a, the lead trumpet, Mike Vax, and I did a mid-U.S. Uh, tour through uh, Iowa and uh, Michigan, Minnesota, and the band would go to uh, high school every day and do uh, a concert, but they have classes for the students. Are you ready? You guys are going to flip when I tell you this. And they have a trombone and then sax classes, and then they had trumpet classes, which this gentleman, Mike Vax, ran. You're talking about how people don't remember, the young people. And most of the students are in their <clears throat> teen years. And Mike Vax said, are you guys ready? You're going to fall off your chairs when you hear this. And Mike Vax said, now, this is the way Miles would have played it. Every hand went up, and they said, who's Miles? Miles, jeez. Yeah. Tommy, you guys, I almost sat in my chair and cried. Yeah. I could Just not funny. believe it. Who's Miles? Can you guys believe that? Well, yeah. it's like saying, who's who's Beethoven, really? Uh, exactly. That's right. just about a, the same the same level. Who's Beethoven? And you know something, you kids, you'd probably hear that now. <laughs> Who's Beethoven? <laughs> I get a lot of I get a lot of people saying, Who the hell is Tommy Dakota? Who oh yeah, I get people saying it today, Who's Bob Seibel? and then they yeah. forget as soon as they ask. Yeah. yeah. And usually they say when I tell them who I am, they say, Never heard of you. Of course. <laughs> well, let's let's get back to that because both of you guys in the early days, Bobby, I mean, the Battle of the Bands thing, you were um, you were trying to make it as a singer. Both, I mean, it's true. It's the tragic thing that happened to both of your voices. I mean, stinted, you're uh, pursuing the, the vocal thing totally. But both of you are comedians in your own right. Um, but tell us about the early days back in the Copley and some of those uh, things. And when you, Bobby, would get up and uh, compete, and I think Tommy was actually there one night competing with you on stage. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll tell I you the true story. I did a few uh, contests. Um, there were some of them were in Irish American clubs. I forget Everett, Chelsea. You know, I don't remember. And I did very well because one of my favorite singers, I don't know if Tommy agrees, was Joe Williams when he sang with Basie. Oh, sure. And I knew a lot of Joe Williams stuff. You know, all right, okay, you win. I'm in love, and I got it down right in my head. And uh, unfortunately, I worked at the GE in Lynn, so I would leave work early to prime up to get the guts to get on that stage. It was like a six-piece group of guys, you know, some reeds, some horns and stuff. And by the time I got to the place where the concert or the contest took place, I was a little oiled or well-oiled. And I'll never forget this. They brought me up. They announced me. I literally... Uh, I shouldn't say staggered, but I had trouble negotiating the stage. I got up there. I think I did. Uh, I think the intro came on, and they gave me the. And I started the song, and within two seconds or three seconds, I was out of my mind, and um, they ushered me off the stage. And I'm sitting in the back wondering what happened because I was literally in a blackout. And then I came to, and I realized this was the contest I've been waiting for. Well, when I came out of this blackout, 
there were two Irish step dancers on stage in the contest, <laughs> and I proceeded to try to go back on stage to finish my Joe Williams Count Basie song, and I was ushered from the building, if not ushered from Everett, by the uh, local bouncer. So that was one of the beginnings of my career as a singer. I was doing Joe Williams, and I don't think I did him a good service. That's, so. that's exactly the night uh, we talked to Tommy a few weeks ago. He rem- when I, I mentioned just, your name, was, he did, just didn't remember your name, but he remembers that night because Tommy won yeah. that evening. <laughs> Thank yeah. God somebody did. Next night, Tommy, I was why don't you tell us what happened, how you saw it all. Well, after that night, I, I got an opportunity to go to the Copley Plaza, which was big oh. time then, big time. And I yep. walked in the door, and uh, I guess I wasn't dressed right, so they threw me out. And I, I, went, I went across the street to the Boston Public Library, the main branch, down to the basement. They had this great men's room. The acoustics were wonderful. And I started <laughs> singing down there. And I'm drawing this big crowd, always, because uh, a lot of people lived in the basement of that library. Yep. So I'm drawing this big crowd, and I think I'm wonderful. I'm ready to go back to that Copley Plaza. But then someone turned around and peed on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, that, that was probably Bobby, actually, because uh, he was be. probably so inebriated that he's been known to do things like that. Uh, uh, well, at least he played uh, in a good venue, the library. Yeah, well, you know, it was all the classics were there, certainly, and uh, they did have a record collection as well, but I didn't last too long in there. I didn't have a library card. I guess that made a difference. Uh, uh, you know, it's I funny when you talked about the library. Right up the street was the premier. Remember Storyville, George Ween's oh, Storyville sure. in the Copley oh, Hotel? Yeah, that yeah, was the right. place. You know, I, 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 let me jump on you with that one. When I was about 13... Somebody mentioned that they had a thing called the Teenage Jazz Club. And I said, what's that? Well, one day I hitchhiked into Boston. It was a Friday. All the last Fridays were given to the Teenage Jazz Club. You ready, you two guys? For 50 cents, you could go in and become a member of the Teenage Jazz Club run by a Jesuit priest from B.C. called Father Norman O'Connor, also known as the Jazz Priest. And a radio guy named John Fitch, who was really John McClellan, and they had this teenage jazz club. I still got the little programs from the damn thing in 55, 54, whatever, 56. And the people who were playing there that week, you guys will flip when I tell you this. It was right after Bird died, Charlie Parker died, but uh, they would donate. 45 minutes of playtime for the Teenage Jazz Club. I got to see, this will kill you guys, for 50 cents, I got to see Basie, Ellington, Dixieland, uh, Vic Dickinson, um, uh, Kenton, uh, Ella, uh, who else? And finally, I got to see, for 50 cents, Miles Davis. That's a gospel true story. You guys, you're on. Go ahead. Part of the part the of the admission was you had to be touched by Father O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Tom? At that point, I wouldn't have given a damn. Uh, we had uh, we had uh, uh, we had uh, celebrities in the uh, basement of the uh, library. Uh, it was Benny the Thief, uh, <laughs> great guy. It was, uh, it was, uh, I know uh, my old agent Frank knows about uh, Kabashnik. Kabashnik played the violin, too. Uh, after, after five years, I was always looking to make the big room in the library. That would be the, uh, that would be the men's room on the uh, main floor. 
Uh, that held that held like thirty people. That was that was. And they had stalls, not just urinals. They had stalls. You know, they were like the boxes you pay extra for those. You know, uh, you, put, oh, yeah. you put the dime in the door and you open it. You know, you get your your private uh, lounge seat. But uh, yeah, those are the uh, the two biggest. I think Kaboshnik and Benny the Thief. Uh, uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't always like that for you, Tommy, because you you did uh, did you know when you were sold to the Indians at the um, what age was that again? I was uh, seven or eight, I think. Yeah. yeah and for, you uh, uh, for about fifty dollars and a bag of peyote buttons. That's a and, good deal. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and then you went, worked your way west, and you uh, except for that uh, one time that Frank booked you with Bobby Broncos. Um, <laughs> Bronco Bronco Bobby. Bobby. Bronco Bob's, Bronco Bobby, yeah, uh, saloon and dance hall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the two strippers in the band, yeah. So then, my, uh, then uh, Bobby may even be missing this part of the story because the first time calling in is that's the club that Frank and uh, Dean Martin, one night you look down from the stage. Why don't you fill us in on that? Yeah, well, I, I, I probably chose this story. I'm, I'm, I'm playing here and I'm introducing the strippers and doing my songs, dances, and snappy patter and uh it's <laughs> Frank Sinatra and, and, and Dean Martin. Apparently their car had broken down. I knew they weren't there to, to uh, uh, see me and uh, give me my big break. But uh, Frank uh, uh, enjoyed me because I talked funny, like I was from New England, and he thought that was funny. He didn't think I was funny so much as the way I talked. But uh, uh, it was a night I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, there they were. And uh, Well, then, uh, and then the, the, you know, as you were embraced by, you know, you know not physically, but embraced emotionally and, and psychologically they they allowed you to hang around the, the rat pack for years again yeah, yeah in fact that that you know that very night uh, uh the car was going to be a couple of days we uh checked into local flea bag hotel and uh <laughs> play cards we wanted to play cards it was you know boys night out and uh it was uh, frank and dean and these other people i didn't quite know who they were they were attached to them somehow maybe they were they're they're, they're people you know so we're playing cards and uh i'm doing real well and i'm like you know i'm just a kid here and i I'm worried about uh, doing too well here. That you know they're going to leave me in an alley or something. And uh, I come to a showdown with uh, with uh, uh, actually Sammy Davis Jr. was there, and uh, we get to a showdown with him on cards, just him and I. And uh, I make the big bet, hoping to scare him out. And he says, "Oh yeah." He says, uh, "I'll see you." I say, okay. <laughs> he didn't put any money down. He said again, "I'll see you." And you'll put some money down. She reaches up and he plucks, he gets his, eye, his glass eyeball and he throws it down on the table and the damn thing's staring at me. Ah! Of course, I won the pot and I was filled to death. To this day, I've got that eyeball in a frame. It's uh, up in my den. It's all my memorabilia from the past, which must feel at least uh, three, four feet. And this eyeball's been staring at me since like uh, 1957. It's still there. Every time I look at it and it looks back at me, I think of him. Oh, oh God, you know, the eyes uh, have it. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Bobby, um, uh, we discovered Tom. Tommy's living in Portland, Maine, so he's not far away. So if we ever work uh, some of those prestigious rooms in Portland, <laughs> we, we can. Uh, Tommy, we, uh, I'm assuming you'd, you'd give us an open invitation to come by and see the eyes. Oh, of course. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nine ninety five. If you want to hear the story again and see the eye, you just want to see the eye. It's like four fifty. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my. Hey, listen, hey, it's worth taking a run up to Portland. Yeah, and a two drink minimum, of course. But that goes without saying. 
Well, as long as it's soft drinks, I'm in that uh, I'm in that club that wants to be anonymous. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm in that club and I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I knew we were having a meeting. Get rid of the third party, Tommy. That's true. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, any questions, Bobby? You want to ask? I mean, I mean, nobody's more uh, you know uh, a, a fan and aficionado of the Rat Pack than you. But you've got a guy that actually hung around, played cards. You know, he's got Sammy Davis's junior's eye. Any questions you might not ask Tommy, uh, intimate things about Frank? Yeah, just, oh, Tommy, we got 90 seconds, but uh-huh. Tommy, tell, um, I, I mentioned this a little bit to Bobby the other day about Frank's um, inventive genius and uh, his Frank the product. Invented, Frank invented the first glow-in-the-dark underpants. Unbelievable. And when he was cutting a few albums, especially using those romantic ballads, he'd have the, all of these session uh, musicians sitting there with nothing on with his glow-in-the-dark underpants. He, he supplied them to the entire orchestra. So they would read their music by the glow of their underpants. <laughs> and it, was, it made for some really tender, tender love songs from Frank, who you know, had his own special pair that said Frank on one cheek and Sinatra on the other. And that's uh, where I got you under my skin came from. That's right. That's exactly right. Actually, it was more like <laughs> under my pants. But ah, got, I know. Can I tell one quick Frank story? Yeah, please. Please do. I finally got to see Frank in 1987. He was downtown, the old town, at the Golden Nugget, the old Vegas. And yeah. there must have been, you know, whatever, 200 people watching him. They're throwing roses. And... I'm sitting there, it was a dream come true, and we had to duke the maitre d' a few bucks to get a decent seat. And Frank started, uh, maybe the second song after he does the opening, he did a ballad. And one person was crying uncontrollably. Take a guess. (laughs) Me. I'm crying so loud, the guy had to come over and say, why don't you just come out for a few seconds and relax? And I did. I lost my mind. I just, oh, God, it's Frank. I was like, I was like a Bobby Soxer from 1942. Oh, wow. Nobody ever threw flowers at me. Mostly it was like drinks and, and uh, you know, vegetables, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you got it, brother. Yeah. Listen, I gotta... guys, our time has come to an end here. Uh, it. I, I, I mean, we've had some great shows in the past. This is going to go down uh, uh, at some point. I hope to actually uh, produce these on CD so people will be able to, to uh, share the frivolity. But thank you so much, both of you. Can, we, can, uh, we can pick this up at some later time, I hope. Sounds good. Can I say one thing? Uh, Tommy Hayes, I love you. And Tommy, I'll see you at a meeting, brother. Back at you. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. 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 I'm